This is the outcome of somebody that's taking something, stuffing it, and then acting out. I don't want to act out. I want to own this shit. Yeah, I don't feel lovable. Yeah, I don't feel good enough. Yeah, all this stuff. But that's okay because that's human. And then that, in some ways, Evan, I think is what gives me a bit more of a blank canvas, right? Is that if I can just be true, then I can stop hiding and the picture of me is not painted. And all of a sudden, I can begin to paint my life in a on a blank canvas of somebody that's not trying to hide who they are anymore. And if I look at the canvases, the canvas is new every day, you know? And yeah, I mean, I painted the canvas the wrong way 10,000 times. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the show. And if you're a newcomer, welcome for the first time ever. It's Brandon and Evan here. We uh, we like to talk about artist stuff, life of an artist, being an artist. I don't know. <laughs> this is one of those interesting episodes. If this is your first one, you've stepped into something kind of interesting because on this rare occasion, Evan and I share a bit of our process with you where we actually share the preliminary talk before we even figure out what episode we're going to talk about. So this episode, Evan and I coined the term long ago, not so serious Sundays, because we used to record on Sunday and we'd be like, well, let's just not take it so serious. Let's just get into it and see what happens. Because originally when our conversation started, this this whole podcast, before it ever even started, it was just Evan and I getting together, working on a screenplay, talking about life as an artist how do you navigate the industry, keep your integrity and your art, you figure all that stuff out. And we would have these great conversations and we're like, well, you know what, man, I wish we recorded that because I should have, like, I need to hear that again. Like I need to review that because this is something I need to be reminded of. And then that led into, well, why don't you just record a podcast? And then, you know, if people want to listen, they can listen and turn up somebody wanted to, people wanted to. And so here we are recording a podcast, hundreds of episodes in, and you know way of the artist so anyway i don't know what we're talking about yet it's this is to be discovered on, on this journey but i'm going to pass it over to evan so he can say hello to you and maybe he can share what's going on for himself well i'm sure there is a lot of things i can share about what's going on for myself but there was just like something in what you were saying almost like as you were going back through like the history of of this podcast and our talks and how it all came to be and in many ways yeah how how this still formulates because the episodes that we do which is most of them where we come in and we have like a theme the central theme that we're we're diving into and exploring but those those things all come out of like a, a conversation right and it almost always comes out of a conversation of something that is very present for us. You know, we just kind of just check in with each other. Hey, what's going on? What's been on your mind? How you've been thinking? How you've been feeling? You know, is there anything that's, that's particularly inspiring for you these days or a challenge or something? And that's how 
we come up with these topics. It's because it's our shit, you know, like we're, we're talking about our own shit and hopefully our shit relates to your shit and that's our shit, you know, <laughs> but there's, there was something in that, that, that just struck me as how there's, you know, there's always this stuff that's going on in the depths, you know, if you're, if you're looking for it or you're staying open, maybe not looking for it, but if you're staying open to it, cause I think, you know, when you start really trying to look for something, you can get tunnel vision and, and that can actually cut you off from the, the, the real thing that's going on. You know, you get too hung up on the idea of what you think something is, and then you don't see what the thing actually is. But I think that, so staying open and through those conversations that we have, you know, that's really how so much of it works is, is just, well, let's, let's just talk about something that's real and true for us, you know, not, not out of assumptions, but just saying, oh, this is the real thing of what's going on with me, or this is the real thing that's going on with you. And there's usually something more, you know, and sometimes it takes some poking at things and, you know, you got to prod, prod it and pry it and, 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 or finesse something. And suddenly there's this thing that comes out of the depths of it. And I think that that's, you know, I think that that's very much a, a, a part of, of art and, and the process and even of, of life too, where it's, it's not always about the thing that you think it's about on the surface, but there's just something, there's just something underneath, but that's just an initial thought. I don't know if that's what this conversation is about, but maybe we should, we should just, uh, yeah, like do the whole like check in what's going on, all that sort of stuff. I mean, I'll, I've already been talking, but I'll, I'll just try and say some things like, as you know, I just got back from a vacation not too long ago, which was fantastic. Mexico, first time I've ever been to Mexico. Loved it. Loved the people. Had a great time, man. Had a great time. It was just nice to like have a, it's like been my, it was like my first vacation that I've had, like, especially like traveling vacation, like to another country in like five years, maybe longer. And, uh, you know, there was something definitely about, there's something about traveling for me and for a lot of people that it, it just opens up, it just opens up your, your world and your perspective a little bit. And it just makes whatever, it makes whatever sort of problems and issues that I might've been like, so, so close to, and, and, you know, the, things that were so clinging on to me that it's like, you know, I couldn't even, I couldn't shake them or whatever, but there's something about traveling and getting to another place, meeting people from another culture and where it's like, Oh, that stuff just seems there's a different relationship that comes out of it through that process of, of travel. And I know that there has been research that's done on it that like when you do travel to another country like your, your brain actually evolves. Like your brain actually has like a micro evolution because you have put yourself, like you fully immersed yourself 
into an unknown situation with a culture that you're not familiar with in a language that you often don't know like and you just have to adapt to it and it does something to our brains which causes it to like really expand um so yeah i mean that's that's kind of what what's been going on for me i'm just and i'm just getting myself climatized to being back home so that's what's going on for me well that's cool man i i, I agree with you i you know i i've often try to make sure that i go away like every year it goes somewhere and um especially when you go somewhere somewhere totally new there is a people call it there's something they call it but it's like when you're traveling you're like your best self because you put yourself out there and you you feel unattached to your past nobody really knows who you are uh, everybody's meeting you for the first time you kind of get this chance to reinvent yourself which i think can be really good and and i think uh you know searching for opportunities to reinvent yourself i think is good because something that I've noticed in my life is that we can get kind of pigeonholed in this way of thinking we're a certain person. And because we're in the inertia of being that way and people seeing us that way, that we begin to believe that's who we are. And, um, you know, a lot of, like a lot of the work I've been doing just on myself is I've been moving mountains inside myself, working stuff out is that the game of the ego is a funny game. And, uh, you know, I understand it more and more every, every day, really. But the funny thing about the ego is, uh, you know, for those of you who, you know, out there who maybe don't really know what I'm talking about, basically like what I'm talking about in this, in this sense is that we have an identity, like I am, this is who I am and this is what I'm like. And, you know, people will say things like I'm a planner, you know, or I'm a, I'm a traveler or I'm a whatever, right? And you identify as these things or I'm a banker or I'm a filmmaker, whatever it might be. And so that's, that is actually your ego. And it's very difficult for us to detach from this whole idea of like what our ego is because we over identify with what we do and, you know, what our habits are and whatever. Anyway, travel is a great way to break away from the ego and see yourself separate of it for, for a moment. The interesting thing I've been finding about the ego is that um, actually Alan Watts, one of our favorite guys, talks about this. He talks about how the ego is kind of like, uh, it's like a uh, someone burglarizing a house, right? So there's a burglar in a house and the cops come into the house and the burglar runs up to the next floor. And so then the cops go up to the next floor and the burglar runs up to the next floor. And eventually the ego keeps going higher and higher and you go, I'm getting to my higher self, my higher self. And eventually the ego just identifies with the self. And that's another trick of the whole game because now you're like, I've become enlightened. I've found myself. And it's like, nah, it's just another ego just doing a fancy way of saying, well, I've run out of places to go. So ha, here I am. I am you. And it's like, well, not really. And this is interesting because as I've been kind of evolving myself and figuring out some of the things, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not, I'm not necessarily who I think I am. Not to say that I'm not going to continue to act that way or behave that way or do things in that in accordance to that, but that's also not really who I am. That's kind of a role. And uh, this whole idea from, I, I think it's, uh, you know, like the bodhisattva, which is like this whole idea of like, you realize it's all a game. And so you step outside of the game and then you step back into the game on purpose and you play the game knowing that it's all a game. And it's just because like, 
you when you when you step outside of the game, like if you're playing Monopoly and Monopoly was so real to you, and like all the houses and the property, everything's so real, and you're so involved in it, and it means so much, and all of a sudden you step out and you go, wait a minute, that's just the game. But it's no fun to sit outside the game for too long. So you jump back into the game, but you need to jump back into the game with choice this time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when I uh, to bring us back to your traveling bit, it's like yeah, traveling is kind of interesting because you're gonna get to choose to play the game a little bit. You know, where at home, in your regular routine, you might not find that freedom. So I don't know. Maybe I share that idea with you and see what you think. Yeah, there's a lot of great things that you brought up there, and. It's it's interesting that you brought up Alan Watts because while I was away, I was rereading an old Alan Watts book, which I mean, it's like it feels like I'm reading it again for the first time. Uh, It's one of his, I think, one of his more famous books. It's called The Wisdom of Insecurity, and I'm just like, oh my god! Like there are parts of it that are just they're so insightful. They just like hit you right in the guts, right, right in the heart and, and just like blow your mind too. Like it just hits you in all these spots. And, and there's things too that, I mean, he wrote this book, I think back in the fifties or something, maybe the sixties. And there are parts of it too, that are just almost seem prophetic in, (laughs) in what he saw like, oh, this is what, like a society that's, you know, that thinks like this, this is kind of how it goes and you go whoa how true that how this is more true than ever but there's there was something in there and in and some of what you were saying and then i'm relating it to some of what i was reading in the book too in terms of that history you know and when you're traveling you you kind of don't have especially since you're not surrounded also by things that are familiar and 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 people who are familiar it's like oh there's this there's this opportunity for for this more present you to just show up you know where you're not so tied to all this stuff all this baggage that you have with you you can just sort of show up fresh as the person that you are in this moment and you know certainly you you meet people and they're going to ask you like oh what do you do and but there's something there's a different quality to to that conversation you know like to, at least for me there's this quality of yeah 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 like i just sort of like it's not a very it's not a serious thing you know it's like oh yeah i do this and i do that yeah it's pretty fun and you know this is but it's like i'm here doing something else you know, like that, in a way, that's not really who I am here and now, because who I am here and now is, is this person in this, in this place. And I'm just experiencing, I'm just here to experience what's here. And and you're also very often, you know, uh, with other people who are in that same place. Right. And there's there, th- it's that openness that that's with that again. And so what that also made me think of in terms of with Alan Watts, there was this, I'm going to be paraphrasing this here, but he mentioned this, almost this, a very general sort of way in which we look at ourselves in the, the, the order of life in a way, whereas, you know, as human beings, we've almost, we've separated ourselves off from nature 
um, for a variety of reasons, which he goes into much more eloquently than I'm sure I can illustrate. But he gives this one thing where where he says, we think so much of ourselves as like a stone tablet that life is etching these experiences into, right? He's like, where it's more so we are like ripples on a moving river. You know, like we are, we are just as fluid and, and changing and, and that these experiences that we have are not so much things that are etched into us. They are also fluid. They are also alive. Right. And, and, and how much that attitude of these things are like carved into us like stone, like how much that creates our, uh, our insecurity and our anxiety and, and how that keeps us from just being in that present moment to moment interaction with life. So, yeah, there's some interesting stuff there. Something that, and I'm just going to throw this into the conversation before I forget, but what I think we might be getting into, at least in my perception at this moment is this idea of like the permission to be open. Because what I'm thinking about is like, I've been working through a lot of my past stuff, a lot of, a lot of stuff I realized, okay, well that was traumatic. I was traumatized. And I think when you're traumatized or you go through trauma or some kind of hard experience in your life, I don't know about other people, but from what I've seen of other people and what I've seen of myself, there's kind of like a normalization that happens when you're going through a traumatic experience where you just kind of deal with the situation and you go, well, this is the situation I'm in and this is just life as it is. And so you deal with it. And it isn't until an observer from outside comes in or you have time to retrospect and then go, wait a minute, that was traumatic before you realize, hey, like this happened. And oh, and also it happened and it caused impacts in me. And 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 I'm I'm acting out in a certain way in my life now because of these incidents that happened. For example, I was in this very scary situation at one point and I had a friend of going like, I don't even know how you're like, I don't even know how you're like doing it. Like, I don't, I don't even understand how you're surviving this situation. And it was truthfully, it was really scary. I look back and yeah, it was traumatic. And, uh, but when I was in it, you know, I was scared and I was, uh, you know, and I was freaked out and I was, you know, all sorts of things were going on, but like, what could I do? You know what I mean? But live through it. And so, you know, and, and kind of tell myself like timeless wisdoms, like this too shall pass and, you know, and I'll, I will make it and I'm okay. And, you know, and, and whatever. And sure enough, I survived it. And, you know, you can walk away and say, well, whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger. And we have all these adages that we say to these types of events that happen in our life. And yeah, I am stronger in some ways, but also I realized walking away from certain situations, that one included that trauma has this kind of like grip in me and uh, like an etching on the stone thing. And, and it's kind of almost like I'm locked to it and we were like bound to one another now. And so a lot of the mountains I've been moving inside myself have been about kind of that permission to be open and to not let that define me anymore. And it's been an interesting thing because it's like catching myself in the act of like, there I am, here I am playing out the story of what happened. And, and there's this, um, 
great analogy I've seen done a few times where it's like someone someone sits you in a chair and then they take a chair and they put it behind you and they go, this is your past. And then they take the chair and they go and they put it in front of you and you're taking it and you're making it your future. And like the idea is you get rid of the whole thing. Like you just get rid of the other chair. Like, you know, the, the past, and this is a really hard thing for us to do. Like, the, like I find this is, is, is been a real challenge for me. It's like, okay, I get that wisdom. Let's, let's do that. Let's be free. Let's be open. Let's forget that this shit happened and let's go forward in life. And then you go forward in life and you get triggered or something happens from some past event happened. And you have these biases that you didn't realize were there. Like, I don't know, people are dangerous. Uh, this situation, it doesn't feel safe, you know, and, and there's a certain quality of those that are there to protect you. And they're like warning you. But then they also like strangle the life out of your expression. And, uh, you know, and so I've been working through some of this. I'm like, how is my past somehow ending up in my future? And how am I like bound to it and not freeing myself from it? And, um, you know, I, what I have found is that sometimes the just putting myself in a situation where nobody knows me and where I can be kind of like free of whoever I've been, I do in those moments often take the permission to be open. Like I take this opportunity to be like, you know what? I'm just going to live my life. And, and even if it's only for this week or 10 days that I'm gone or whatever I'm gone for, I will just, I will try it out. And then some, in some ways when I do that, I find it breaks me free and, and I, and I might come back and fall back into old patterns, but I broke free a little bit. And I think there's something that that's very interesting for at least for the person that takes the artist approach to their life, that these moments where you could almost find a blank canvas, because I feel like that's the artist struggle so many times. Like we, we're constantly looking for a blank canvas and we can't find one. And we're like, oh, someone's already made that movie. Somebody already wrote that script. Somebody already painted that, you know? So what, what am I supposed to do? Like what, what originality, what can I even add to this? Right. And there's so much you could add, but, but we get caught. Right. And we don't, we don't have those moments. We don't know how to create that blank canvas. So something about this conversation is kind of bringing that up for me. Mm. Yeah. This thing of, this thing of openness and, you know, just, like with some of the things that you're you're saying like i'm just it's taking me through some of just more of of the book you know as as i understand it and and you know alan refers to a lot of you know that thing of like our past as you know it's this incredible it's this incredible sensitivity that we have as human beings right which is the ability to somewhat accurately predict the future and look into the future and it gives us tremendous capabilities but there's also it comes with some real problems too right whereas we start to see problems that don't actually exist the ability to project the past into the future things that create anxiety things that start to trap us that that make us small that cut us off from that that openness Right. And in many ways, this is, this is one of the, the things about being human is that's 
that capacity that we have, that sensitivity. And the thing is that because it's so powerful, we, we've put so much, we put so much of our faith in it, right? And less in our faith to simply be open and respond to the moment, right? And that there's an aspect which that's cut us off, right? That, that cuts us off from very essential experiences in life, right? Because we're always living life through, through our heads, yeah. right? Which again is an important tool. It is a very sensitive instrument, right? But also has its limitations, right? And I think that in many ways, that's why we do things like travel and, but there's other things that, that people do, you know, people who go to like big music festivals, you know, or, or, you know, even people who just go and drink, you know, to, to, because very often that's when for, for some people it's like, oh, wow, I feel like I can be open and, and free when I'm doing this. Now th that obviously has some, you know, that's a slippery, slippery road to be going down in that way. But, you know, it just shows that I think that for so many human beings, most of us, if not all of us, there are these ways in which we are trying to find that kind of open engagement with life. And there are these ways in which help us to get there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I have to say beyond that, but just, you got something? Well, I, I, this, I like this open engagement with life because I feel like that's a, that's a, like a childlike kind of approach to life. Right. And, uh, actually I've been thinking about this a lot because I'm going like, okay, well, you know, where, where is it difficult for me to be childlike and approach life with this kind of, you know, this type of openness. And it, you know, I think when we, when you talk about like the drinking, right? Like, the drinking, I, I think there's a certain amount for people who do drink a lot, which, you know, well, I've, exp I, like, I don't personally drink a lot. Like I'll have a, I'll have a bit of a beer here or there. I, I drank a bit when I was in university as in a kind of an experience and exploratory thing, I suppose, but it wasn't really for me. So I don't do it a lot. It's not my, my medium of getting there, but I have been around a lot of people who it is. And I, I think that there's an element of when you're drinking because it like limits oxygen to your brain and it kind of shuts, it shuts down something that is like encumbering and like stops you. And so it makes sense why people would go to drinking as a, as a way when they don't have any other kind of source, because you know, you kind of, you also have this excuse of, well, I was drinking or I was drunk. And so people kind of excuse it. And in our culture, at least, um, I think that's part of the reason why, you know, sometimes it gets enabled a little bit and, and maybe sometimes in unhealthy ways and, and, you know, obviously in unhealthy ways at times, but I think that's part of it. And, you know, I do think that when you're dealing with pain or trauma, there's a, uh, there's a good portion of your life until you've healed it, that you spend avoiding it, running away from it, dodging it, trying to escape it. And you play this game and, you you find these very crafty, creative ways to deceive yourself of even having it and 
almost to the point where you can think, hey, I've, I've gotten away with it. I've heard, uh, like I, I know a lot of people who run really big businesses, like multi-million dollar businesses. And it's interesting because they, they, a lot of them, you know, I've seen a lot of them struggle in their personal lives and they, they commonly have this response of like, well, if I ever stop working, like, you know, like I can't remember it. Someone phrased it to me at one point, but they said it perfectly, but it was something like, if I ever stopped working, like I would catch up to myself, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. And it's kind of like, yeah, because when you're working and you're like productive in your work and you're making money and your company's successful, you feel good about yourself and you feel capable and you feel us. But if you slowed down and you didn't work all of a sudden, all that shit that you kind of were running away from would catch up with you and you would have to face it. And so the workaholic and like, I'm, I'm talking about a lot of this addiction element we have. The addiction is not necessarily because you love work, although you kind of feel like you do, or you love alcohol or you love whatever it is that you love. It's actually because it's the one thing you have that gets you able to break away. When I was, uh, when I was a teenager, my parents, um, you know, they lost everything. They lost all their money. They were going through a horrible divorce. It was horrible. Um, they were kind of pitting me against each other. I'd recently kind of just, my best friend and I had kind of, were, we were parting ways in the sense we we're growing apart. It was a really, really difficult time for me. And um, I was playing ice hockey at the time. And I used to just go to the rink. The two things I did was I would go to the rink and I would skate and I would go to movies and, you know, but the thing about playing hockey is if I was playing on the street or was in the rink, whenever I played hockey, I noticed that everything that was a problem in my life just went away because all about the game, it was all about the puck and the skating and the ice and, and I just loved it. And it was like heaven to me. But the moment that we were taking off our socks and we were in the dressing room and I had to go back to reality, I just never wanted it to end. I just never wanted to stop playing. I wanted to play and play and play and play until until I was so tired, I could just pass out and then I could play again tomorrow. And I like, I don't know if there's people out there that can kind of relate to this, but I feel like that is, is so much of, we take a passion and we use it as kind of a coping mechanism. And although it can create great things, like I think we can create great art out of using it as a coping mechanism. I think we can become great athletes, great business people by using this stuff as a coping mechanism. Like I do think, I do think we get real world results out of it, which is kind of the, you know, the opposite of say the, the, the destructive drug addict or drunk that destroys their family, right? Like we like to refer to addiction that way, but addiction can also work in this kind of weirdly positive seeming thing. And that's where it's so kind of entrapping because you're like caught in it, you know? And you seem like you have something to say, so go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, there's some, there's just something very interesting, uh, and something that's kind of coming full circle from the start of this conversation. You had said early in this conversation, you brought up something about permission, like permission to be open or something like that. And just as you're talking about, you know, these different things that, that you would do, like in particularly in, in playing hockey. Right. And I think that and something else that I w- I've been thinking about too and coming back from my vacation as well, which is like, oh yeah, like there's there's something that about coming back that I want to make sure that, you know, I'm continuing to, you know, th- to bring with me, right? 
And what's kind of occurring to me is that it's, I think that we think that this thing is what's giving it to us, right? But actually coming back to that word permission, right? For whatever reason, this thing in its own way has given us permission to bring this part of us out. This part of us that isn't this confined thing is this free thing. It gives us that permission to do that. But the thing is, is that that thing isn't really giving us permission to do it. We're giving ourselves that permission. We're just, there's something about the thing itself that's, that's allowing us to give ourselves that permission. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's, there's something very interesting to me about, about that whole thing. And how do we, how do we allow ourselves and, and, and to do that, you know, when we come back from these things, right? When we come back to the sort of ordinary life, the, to, to the real world, which is an expression that I always hated, you know, when people would say that, that kind of thing, especially coming back from like a trip. I remember when I was 20, I think I was 21, and I did my first international, well, wasn't my first international travel, but my big first international trip. I went and did a tour in, in, in Europe for just shy of a month and met so many people. And I traveled to a bunch of different country countries. And when I, when I came home, you know, like I remember I was, I was really depressed for a couple of weeks, you know, because I had just had the most extraordinary experience of my life. Like it was really like the, I, it was, it was the, and to this day, I can still reflect on it as being one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had in my life. And I remember it used to just bother me so much when, you know, when I would see people and it's like, well, back to the real world, huh? Because there was a part of me that just went, he's like, no, I just came from the real world. Like I, like, this is what feels not fucking real to me. Yeah. You know, like I was just present and engaged and alive and this does not feel like the real world. I feel like I'm just living in a world of abstractions now, you know, of things that I'm supposed to be doing, things that people expect of me, all of this shit. And it's like, how do we, how do we bring that present aliveness? How do we take these experiences that we have? Because part of the problem is like, we can't, you can't get attached to them, Right. Because once you get attached to them, that creates its own set of problems. But it's like, how do we always, how do we learn to give ourselves that permission throughout, you know, in, in more areas of our, of our life? You know, how do we, how do we do that? I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know, I think you're stumbling upon something here. You, you, I feel like you said that to me once before and it resonated then like it does now. It's like, yeah, no, this, I'm not coming back to the real world. It's because when we are free and we're in that truest form of ourself, like that, that expression of like unlimitedness and, you know, when we feel like we have access to stuff, that is more really who we truly are than whatever we, we get bound to and hindered by. And, 
you know, and, and something that I've been, you know, navigating as I've been working through some trauma, which by the way, I didn't ever think was trauma. Like, like it is only kind of made a, like, not that anyone was trying to make me a victim, but it only became evident to me later when I was like, oh yeah, that was traumatic. Like that, like, like there are these traumatic experiences. And when you're young, you, well, I suppose at any point in your life, but particularly when you're young, you're still trying to make sense of what is this world? What are people? What, how do things work? When you have a traumatic experience, I think even the younger you are, probably the more profound it has of an impact because you make opinions and decisions based on this thing that happened. So like, for example, you know, something I realized was like, like I wasn't really allowed to, to share my emotion. And so just, I'm trying to give an example. And so what I learned was that I can have the emotion, but I shouldn't let people ever know how I really feel because they, they don't know how to handle it. They don't want it. It's a, it hinders them. You know, I just made all these decisions when I was younger. It, like it causes problems. It's, it's not helpful. So I just learned to kind of shut down feelings. And I don't even know if I believed it was okay that I had them because there was a point where I didn't even know I had feelings at a certain point. I was so numbed out of connection with myself. And so then, uh, you know, so I went through life and, and it worked for a little bit. It kind of worked. I mean, I navigated a lot of things and, you know, I could kind of be, uh, you know, I could kind of be unaffected by stuff. And I think there's, you know, there's a quality that that can get you certain things in life and it kind of works. And so you kind of embrace it and you kind of run with it, but it has detrimental effects everywhere, like in other places in your life. So, um, you know, at a certain point I realized was like, (laughs) I want to be an actor and I'm fucking numb. This doesn't work because I would get feedback. Like I would get feedback from cast directors and stuff and they would be like, Brandon was great. Technically, like I have emails and I kept them and I earmarked them, right? But it was like, I, I, they were like, Brandon technically is great, totally gets the scene, everything's good, but we need more emotional depth. My agent would get this, she'd give me that feedback and I'd be like, let's work on the emotional depth, let's work on the emotional depth. And I couldn't fucking access it. And, you know, and I would, I would, I was losing parts because I couldn't, I couldn't fucking access. And then, you know, I started working with some teachers and they started helping me get access to it. <laughs> fucking, you just open up this fucking well that's been closed off and it's backed up. I mean, you know, all the, all that pain and all that stuff that you haven't been dealing with and confronting. It's like from childhood, all of a sudden it's coming out in adulthood and you don't know how to handle it. You don't know how to deal with it. So, you know, you're trying to manage this and, and at times, you know, in acting, it would serve me greatly and I'd have these really great scenes and you get rewarded for that. So you'd be like, okay, I know this works. But then I would be left with, like, after acting was done, I'd be left with this emotion. Which, by the way, let's go back to my story. When I used to play hockey, I'd go to the ice rink or the movies or whatever, but the ice rink, and I would escape that feeling. And I've been spending my life, since I was a teenager at least, running away from some of these feelings. And then all of a sudden, they start coming out, and it's like, I don't know what to do with them. I have no guidance. I have no maturity. There is no caretaker that said this was okay or this was normal, which is the biggest thing I think like now in my in my journey, realizing that a lot of the stuff I feel is what everyone else feels and it's not that weird and it's actually quite normal. And in fact, 
it actually brings me closer to people has been such a healing part of this journey. Whereas like, you know, I was talking to an actor who was one of my clients and, you know, he's been doing really well. He booked like 10 parts last year, just like killing it. And the thing is, is like, you know, he still struggles with like not being good enough. And I'm like, man, we all feel that. It's not like, and I'm like, and I was there with them and I'm just like, I get it. Like you think that you're going to book another part and you're going to finally be good enough. I know I, this is my fucking life, <laughs> but it's your life and it's my life. And everybody fucking feels this way. And we think, oh man, when I find the love of my life, then I'll finally be loved. I'll be good enough. Right. And, and, and temporarily maybe it works, but we keep having to come back to face these, these like these human things everybody has and i think when you have trauma which we all probably have to some degree in some form and nobody's like everybody has their story but i think when you have trauma you and you normalize it you learn to do kind of destructive or toxic things with something that is a very natural thing like for example you you see something you witness something that that shocked you and Instead of letting everyone know, I was really shocked by this. I didn't know what to do. I was paralyzed in fear. I was, you know, whatever. We suck that all in and we go, I'm okay. I'm tough. I can handle it or whatever. I'm just using an example because there's so many. But we don't realize that like, that's what everybody's doing, you know? And so like the permission thing to me is like one of the things that I've been trying to do is just trying to be like, you know what? I feel this. If I feel this then guaranteed someone else out there feels this too. So let's not, let's not hide this away. Let's try to open up. Let's try to share and let's just heal it because I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired of like running away from this shit. And if like, you know, and there's all this fear of judgment that I go through all the time where I'm like, you know, I was bullied in high school and, you know, and it took me a while to build some fucking strength and some courage to be able to fend off like losers and trolls and whatever. And people that are like, you know, and I'm not trying to be judgmental, but people that are trying to take a knock out of you because they're hurt, right? And I, I learned to arm myself up against those types. But I realized that true courage is is then feeling strong enough to be your true self, even though you're going to have to face people that are going to, they're going to take what you said and they're going to turn it against you. And you are still going to have to be like, that's okay. Cause what I feel is human. And this person, even though they're judging me, they probably in some way understand what I feel, but they just are denying it. Cause if they, cause, and, and, and I try to like, even the worst of people, which, you know, whatever, it's very difficult to do, but I try to look at them and go, you're somebody that's, that's handling this in the way I don't want to handle this. This is the outcome of somebody that's taking something, stuffing it, and then acting out. I don't want to act out. I want to own this shit. Yeah. I don't feel lovable. Yeah. I don't feel good enough. Yeah. All this stuff, but that's okay. Cause that's human. And then that in some ways, Evan, I think is what gives me a bit more of a blank canvas, right? Is that if I can just be true, then I can stop hiding. And the picture of me is not painted. And all of a sudden I can begin to paint my life in a, in, on a blank canvas of somebody that's not trying to hide who they are anymore. And if I look at the canvas as the canvas is new every day, you know, and yeah, I mean, I painted the canvas the wrong way uh, 10,000 times, but like 
the canvas is new today and I get to paint it all over again. And I think that that's permission, right? That's fucking hard permission for us to give to ourselves because we keep putting that old painting on our, on our, you know, easel, right? We keep putting it on our easel every day and we go, well, this is the painting and let's look at this picture and maybe I can tweak it a little. And it's like, well, why don't you just kind of, why don't you just fucking, why don't you paint it again, but paint it from a new perspective. Maybe it's the same fucking picture, but paint it with the new awareness, you know? And maybe you have to paint the same picture again. We got to show up to the same job, the same work, do the same shit, but maybe you can do it differently. And maybe that's what art is. Maybe art is not about a new picture, but painting the old picture again, better, but painting it from a new perspective. Oh man, that was, I, I love that analogy. That's really amazing. Cause yeah, it's like, I, I, I just like what was in my head. It's like, yeah, like we're all walking around with like this, you know, with going back to, you know, Alan had that, that thing of like the stone tablet. But there's something that I really like about this idea of like the canvas. And it's like this canvas that we've been walking around. We've just been continuing to add paint to it, to the same canvas over and over and over again. And now it's like, can't even see what's on this canvas anymore. <laughs> there's so much shit that's on painted on this thing. And it's just like, there can be a new canvas, right? But so, my, okay. So here's my thing. We're, we're, I feel like we're getting to the witching hour on this one. And part of this experiment that we were doing on, in this podcast was was to do like the, the, the kind of chat that we have before we select a topic. When, when we land on something, it's like, okay, we've been talking about all these things. So what are we really, what are we really talking about here? Like what's the, the big connecting, the main connecting thread to everything that we've been to everything that we've been saying, you know? And I mean, there's been a lot of things that we've been talking about and I've loved a lot of, like so many of the things that we've been talking about so far. And I feel like there's probably any number of things that we could grab onto and, and launch into the part two of this, which is, you know, whatever we think that this conversation was about. Um, one thing that I, I just jotted it down here you know, because at the start of this, I was talking a little bit about, you know, you know, the depths of, of these things like these, uh, of that, that lie underneath these conversations, you know, of like, well, what's going on? You know, like how we really, I think we overlook just our day-to-day -day experiences and, and what's going on. Like we, we don't really give them the full, like a full awareness. And, and there's a part of me that just like, I, I want to kind of come back to this thing of like, well, no, these things are actually all saying something to you. Like going back to like my vacation, I could say, yeah, I went, I took, went on a trip to Mexico. Right. Okay, great. But prying into this, that, that sort of thing of like, well, what was that like? Right. How did, how did you feel? How did I feel? I won't talk about myself in the second person, <laughs> you know, you know, like what was my experience like? What was, how did I feel during that thing? What about that, that feeling that I had? Like, do I want to keep out? Like there's suddenly, there's actually, there's so much happening there. Like these, these experiences that we have, have so much to say 
if we're if we're open to it right if we if we don't so long as we don't just gloss them over you know like all of these things are are rich rich material so i mean that's just one more thought that'll throw into the ring but brandon what do you think this conversation has been has been about well, you shared, you know, I didn't, I didn't know where it was going to go. I mean, I had thoughts it was going one way, but when you shared the story about traveling and I, there's something about that to me, which kind of keeps coming back in this conversation, which is that you, you were, you know, you were allowed to live your life a certain way, or you created a scenario to live your life in a certain way. And I think when you come back from a vacation, you get this kind of chance to come back and go, okay, like what from that can I incorporate in my life? And, um, you know, going back to the origins of this converse, you know, this whole podcast, I mean, is that we've always been trying to strike a balance, right? Because there's the demands of the world and then there's the idealism of art. And I think that, you know, life gets pretty bleak and boring if it's just the demands of the world all the time. And I think that we're all looking for meaning and we're all looking for something a little more than that. Um, to some degree, I, I, but I do think that this is like a necessary thing. We have to figure out how to navigate it and manage it and, and deal with it. Go Can ahead. Can I just say a quick thing? Because this, this was something that, that popped in at one point too that I wanted to touch on. Uh, just when... I was talking about that experience of like coming back from traveling and, and people being like, Oh yeah, back to the real world kind of a thing. And you know, in my, in my youth and everything, there was certainly a truth in that aspect of, I was like, no, I just came from the real world, which was in a sense, like I just came from some of the most direct open contact with life that I've ever had. Right. But now at this point in my life, it's like for me to cut out that experience of like coming back to work, coming back to all of these things as not being the real world either is incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> That's also a mistake, right? It's just like, no, no, no. But this is also part of the experience of life and that there's an aspect to which I am not engaging with this fully mm. in, in a kind of way. And, and so yeah, it's like, I, I, and just what you were saying about balance really brought that back up because I had forgotten about it. But it's there's there's that whole side of 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 it too because it's not like oh well that's real life, you know that that experience of being out there and this yeah that's real. It's like well yeah yes, but so is this. Right. So is this, you know, and I think that that reaction that I had all those years ago, like I understand where it came from because to, to say that that isn't the real world is also incorrect, mm -hmm. right? Like there's, these things are both part of what makes up our lives and that balance, that harmony that you're talking about, um, you know, is a, is a learning how to. I don't know, integrate or I don't know the word. I can't come up with the word right now, but there's a, it's, there's, there's a, some kind of a, a thing that we're, we're trying to figure out how to make that all come together. 
Well, you know what? I think what we'll do, Evan, is uh, I'm going to share the beer because we have a, a beer on this podcast and we're going to have a beer on the next. But uh, this one is, so this is a, this is a two-part journey for you guys who have, have joined us for this conversation. And maybe you tuned into the next one already and you're coming back to this one, which that's also cool. I'm sure it works either way. But um, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're actually, this is part one of part two, two parts. So this is kind of the preliminary talk. Evan and I just talking about what the heck are we going to talk about today and sharing that with you and figuring it out. And thanks for joining us for this and for tuning in. It's been great for us. So I hope it's been helpful for you. Anyway, here's the beer that we had while we were doing this preliminary talk. This is from Yellow Dog Brewing Company, and it's called Rough West Coast IPA. They always do some type of funny dog name, I find, for their, uh, you know, some yeah. dog term for each of their beers. Anyway, I really like Yellow Dog. Uh, they're, they're a brewery that actually always seem to enjoy their beers, and they have a lot of different ones and a lot of very flavorful ones. And have such depth in their brewery, I always find quite impressive. So we're going to have one from Yellow Dog on this one. And guess what? Yellow Dog on the next one too. But uh, this is a West Coast IPA. I've, I've been really enjoying it. Um, it's I've been finding it delicious. I'm going to pass it over to Evan. He can tell you what he thinks. I'm sure he likes it. <laughs> Just based on his yeah nodding. Yeah. But uh, Evan, why don't, you, why don't you kind of surmise what you think we've come to. And then I'll surmise what I think we've come to. We'll end it. And then we'll move to the next. Whew, what I think that this is. Oh, and yes, I do. The beer is fantastic. And Yellow Dog, shout out. They always do great stuff. What do I think we've been talking about? I mean, I feel like we're dancing around. See, this is... Yeah, what are we about? What is this launching us? Like, what do we... And maybe that's a, another way of thinking about this is, well, what what has what we've been talking about what does that launch us into what's the next scent like what's kind of where is this asking us to go where's this conversation asking us to go which is very much part of what this whole process is about and what art is about that where is this asking you to go right it's not always your choice it's kind of like just pay attention and it will show you you know, it'll show you which way to go. It's very true with, I mean, definitely with acting. Oh my God. You know, it's just like, just pay attention and listen and it will tell you where to go. And it's actually a lot easier to work that way than the, the trying to will your way through something. Just like pay attention and it'll tell you where it wants to go. And you just go along for the ride. It's way more fun that way too. So this is very much part of like our process for everybody who's, who's still with us and listening to this. This is, this is how it happens. This is how we go. It's like, okay, what are we, what has this whole conversation we've been having? What has this been about? And now what are we, what does this launch us into a, for the part two of this conversation? You know, we talked a lot about, you know, like, you talked about like history and this history that we bring, but then what happens when we allow ourselves to just kind of let all of that stuff go and openness like that open and permissions are probably the two big words in my mind that stick out mm -hmm. that, that a lot of this conversation has been about. And in the context of, of, how do we 
how do we do more of that in our lives? You know, it's like, how do we do more of, how do we give ourselves more of that open permission throughout more of our lives and not just in these little containers, Mm -hmm. right? These little containers, especially for artists struggle with this a lot, right? It's like, it's, you know, very creative people who just end up shutting off the valve or turning it down to a slow drip because suddenly they go, okay, but now I have to like do this and it has to do all of these things and it, and it has to get, you know, made into a movie or whatever. It's got to do all of these things. And suddenly it's like, you just, you just shut your tap off, right? Because of all of these things that enter as opposed to that open permission to just explore and experience and, and express that right and and just in in a its purest way so these are all still very broad things i don't think it's quite specific enough to as far as how we usually get into a topic but brandon it seems like you might have something okay all right i think i think i do i i do think that you said you know permission openness is is coming up for your openness and permission but it's like uh that was something i identified early on in the conversation the permission to be open and i was thinking yeah like there's something about this. And I think where this conversation is headed, where I'd like to explore is, yeah, how do we give ourselves this permission to be open? Like, how do we actually do that? Because I think what we've done here is we've made a case to each other on how we want to do that more in our lives and how we're working that out. And your your story, I keep going back to you just going away to Mexico. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. That's why I go on vacations. Because it's like, that's an, a chance for me to be open. But what I like that you brought in was how do I bring that little thing and then do that here without having to go away? And you brought something up earlier in the conversation, which is like, it's not that we went and traveled and that is what gave it to us. It's that we went and traveled and that allowed us to let go and give ourselves permission to do it. We ultimately give it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, are there things that we can maybe explore about how we can kind of unbound ourselves and free ourselves of the constraints of, you know, the real world and regular life and all of that, which I'm kind of, I'm really trying to work that out, honestly. Um, you know, I'm going to pass it back to you, give you, give you a couple more thoughts on this, but here's my last thing. I've been something I started doing several months ago because I I like wasn't really creating for a little while myself. I was kind of blocked out on that and I was just trying to take care of business, do life, you know? And I was like, you know what? I need to make time to create. And every single day now for like months, I've just been carving out like sometimes hours, but usually at least at least 15 minutes, but I just carve out some time and I just create. And some of the most beautiful stuff has been coming out of me. And I just do it every day and I just, I just make it a thing. And it's kind of my little vacation from the real life. It's like, I don't really have time to be creating. I got business to do. I got money to make. And it's like, no, 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 you, you totally got time to do this. And, and it's so enriching. So anyway, I don't know how that plays in, but I want to say that I do feel like there's something about kind of the vacation in our lives without having to go anywhere or do anything which maybe has something to do with what we can get into next. Yeah, it's like the 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 person that we that we want to show up as, right? And 
and and yeah with that seeing like how do we how do we give ourselves that that openness that we that we get when we do these certain things and i mean that's no small conversation i don't expect that we'll get to the bottom of it but i'm interested in exploring that and going down that road too it's like okay what are what are maybe some practical things that we can figure out here or or maybe just open up a conversation to that that can help us to bring more of that that really alive human being that that we want to be in the world that we only allow ourselves in in certain moments but how do we allow more of that so it's not just in it's not just for short moments but it's for for more and more and more moments in our lives and filling it with more of that so let's do it man part two thank you for listening in on our conversation today we hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you head over to our website wayoftheartist.com for more free exclusive material and learn about the show If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.